and welcome to the Confusion to Clarity podcast. This podcast is for anybody who needs that reminder that they really are capable of achieving amazing things. Each week, we will be diving deep into all things mindset, manifestation, and spirituality. Hosted by me, Natalie, a clinical hypnotherapist, psychotherapist, coach, mum, and lover of all things mindset and manifestation. When listening, I want to give you a break from reality. I'm going to share with you the tools and techniques that you need to make your goals reality so you can stop playing small. Hello and welcome back. I hope you've all had a good week. I'm loving this warm weather still and it's the simple things that make me happy like being able to dry two loads of washing in an hour. It's really is the little things that please me in life. Um, but anyway, I wanted to start this week by sharing details of my membership group, Mindset Mastery. Now, I haven't mentioned this for a while, um, but Mindset Mastery is like a gym membership for your mind. And this is a really good time of the month to join because we start afresh each month on the 1st. So the group is designed for those of you who want to work on your mindset, who want to reach goals, but don't feel they need the individual support of one-to-one sessions with me. So each month we have an exciting new topic, and this could be looking in depth at anxiety, it could be focusing on self-love, it could be talking about money. So we start the month with a recorded video, and here I go into detail about that month's topic. I also created a specific workbook to support the group. So in the first um, video of the month, we use this book to set our goals, our intentions for the month ahead. I also create each month a bespoke meditation or subliminal audio for you that you can download and keep and use throughout the month that supports the topic. At the midpoint of the month, we have a live question and answer session. So this is great for keeping you accountable, on track and just going over anything that has come up for you. We also have a book club. So each month I select a book, um, a new mindset book, and together we work through it and review it as the month goes on. And this is incredibly beneficial because personal development books can be quite overwhelming on your own. So when we do them together, when we break them down as a group, then you find you get even more from them and really get to see them from a different perspective. At the end of the month, we round it off with a final video. So this video, we go over the month, we highlight our wins, we look at what's been good. And this is a really crucial part to hitting goals um, and moving forwards in life because we can really easily overlook our strengths, the things that we're doing well when we're busy and distracted with the day-to-day living of our lives. So if you want to find out more about Mindset Mastery, the link is in the show notes below, or of course, you can always pop me an email. On to this week's episode. This week, I wanted to talk about something a little bit different. So a lot of my podcasts are aimed at helping ourselves directly, but this week I'm turning around and I want to talk about how we can support others with anxiety or who are suffering with with their mental health. And I feel really passionately about this because it's not something that I personally feel gets talked about enough. So how can we support those around us who are struggling with their mental well-being? So first of all, it's really important to learn. So if your partner, family member or close friend is suffering with anxiety or something similar, take time to understand how they are feeling because we're all different and it's the same for when we're experiencing feelings of anxiety and overwhelm. Some people might be more open, um, you know, you might be able to see their symptoms more visibly. 
For others, they might mask how they're feeling or you know, some people might just completely withdraw altogether. Suffering with anxiety and depression can feel incredibly isolating, scary and confusing. It's all consuming. And if you've never suffered with anxiety, then it's impossible to truly understand just how detrimental these feelings can be. So talk to the person involved and ask them about how they are feeling specifically. It's crucial to keep the channels of communication open. One of the worst things we can do if we are suffering difficulties with our mental health is to keep feelings bottled up. By creating a safe space where the person knows they can talk freely is absolutely vital. As they say, a problem shared is a problem halved. When we allow someone to actively talk about how they're feeling, it can actually help them to formulate solutions and find clarity amongst their own thoughts. Now, I talk a lot um, in my sessions and on the podcast about triggers with anxiety and mental well-being. So these are things that you know will set off your anxiety, stress, etc. So it could be a person, a place, a time of year. It could be diet, perhaps too much sugar or caffeine. By learning what sets anxiety off in your partner, friend or family member, it can really help you to understand them at a deeper level, which in turn means then you can provide even better support for them. So for example, if you know they're having a tough time at work, when they come home at the end of the day and seem maybe a bit distant or snappy, you can begin to understand that their behaviour isn't directed at you personally, but because of the frustrations they've experienced during the day. Give them space to calm and process things before jumping in and asking how their day went. Whilst of course you are doing this, um, you know, it's well intended, if you are anxious and overstimulated from the day, being bombarded with questions can really push you over the edge. So this is where keeping the channels of communication open is absolutely key. The person in question knows they can talk to you when they need to and when they feel ready. Be a good listener. So this follows on from the previous point. Knowing they can talk to you is one thing, but knowing and trusting that they will be heard is another. I think this is such an important point to raise, and one that doesn't just apply to anxiety and mental well-being. I think we can all say that one of our fundamental needs is to be heard and validated. As I mentioned above, you feel isolated and alone. It takes guts and courage to speak out. When we are listened to and validated, it reassures us that our feelings are meaningful and that we're not a problem. When you validate someone else's feelings, it also shows that you believe them. You're not dismissing their emotions or simply brushing it off and they're just being dramatic. Because when you're experiencing anxiety, you are constantly worrying. You are constantly second-guessing yourself. So when the person you're talking to is empathetic, listens and believes you, it provides comfort, support, reassuring and cultivates that place to heal. Show patience and empathy. It can be extremely hard supporting someone who is struggling mentally. You can see all their strengths, their amazing qualities, but to the person suffering, they just feel like a huge burden. The person experiencing anxiety can often see themselves asking the same questions and they're probably fully aware that it is frustrating, but equally, they just can't help it. When you are patient, it feeds back to them that their feelings are validated. It keeps those channels of communication open, which again really helps to facilitate that person being able to express themselves fully and authentically. Create a safe and non-judgmental space where they can open up, where the person in question can share their thoughts, their worries and their concerns. 
Now, of course, we all have opinions and that's absolutely fine. However, when you are listening to and supporting someone who is struggling mentally, it's important to assess your opinions first before giving them. Now, I'm not saying you should act like you're walking on eggshells. You know, that's no, no good for either party. But it's more about knowing how the other person is likely to respond. If they are in the midst of a meltdown or a worry spiral, whilst you consciously know it's going to be okay, you know, that there is no need for this level of fear, saying to someone, oh, don't worry, you know, it probably won't happen anyway, isn't going to appease the situation. So as well-meaning as your comments are, and you know you are trying to offer that reassurance and support, it probably isn't going to create the result that you were hoping for. So then this goes back to the point above, or the points above, about being listened to and feeling validated. Ask them what they need. Maybe they just need to vent. They just need to be heard. Maybe they just need a hug that provides that physical reassurance and connection. Another thing to add here is to avoid pressurising them to get over it or even trying to make them face their fears head on. Encourage self-care. Help the person to help themselves. However, when doing this, it's really important to keep the points above in mind. Think about how you make these suggestions. So I know, obviously, we often say things that are well-meaning, but when you're supporting somebody with mental health issues, particularly if they are in the midst of, you know, feeling panicky or worrying or overthinking, they are in the primitive part of their brain. So we have two main parts to our brain, the conscious logical part. So this is the part that looks at the bigger picture. When you are in this part of your brain, you are calmer. You can think of rational solutions. The other part of our brain is the primitive subconscious part. Now this part is there to protect us, to keep us safe. When you're in this part of your brain, you are always on red alert. It's kind of ready to respond with the fight, flight, freeze mechanism. It's looking out for danger. It's not logical, it's not rational, and as I said, everything is a threat to our well-being. So this is the part of the brain, like I said, that we are in when we're feeling worried, anxious, overwhelmed. So as I've highlighted there, you're not going to think logically, you're not going to think rationally, you're going to think that everything is a threat to your safety. What's really important here is to help the person find a way to move from that primitive part of their brain to the intellectual part, where they can start to find ways to practically feel calmer, move forwards and develop coping strategies. This is where how you say things can really matter. Whilst, again, you are coming from a good place, turning around and saying to somebody who's anxious, oh, you know, you should do this, or you need to do that, it's not the best idea, because if I was to say to you now, right, do this, it can sound quite aggressive and controlling. So remember, the person in question is in their primitive part of their brain. They're already feeling threatened. They're already on high alert, you know, looking out for potential dangers. So saying things that can be quite inflammatory is only going to fuel the anxiety, the overwhelm. So reframe how you say things. For example, saying something like, you know, um, why don't we do this together? This is where getting to understand the person in question is so crucial because when you understand how their feelings manifest, you can then begin to develop ways to support them. You can automatically make beneficial suggestions, you know, such as, oh, we haven't been to such and such for a while. You know, it's always so peaceful walking there. Should we go for a walk now? Or suggesting something fun to watch together on telly, something lighthearted. So side note here, lots of people with anxiety, etc., 
like to watch the same films or TV shows over and over again, especially if their anxiety is feeling heightened. Now, our brains like familiarity, so watching something where you know what's going to happen actually provides comfort. So if things around you feel out of control, uncertain, watching something where you know exactly how it's going to end actually can really help to calm you down and, like I said, provide that comfort. So for you supporting that person, yes, that may mean sitting through the same film again for the hundredth time, but it's this is what builds that kind of support, that understanding and cultivates that place where that person can be their authentic self. Make it a team effort. If the person in your life has, you know, has anxiety or is feeling overwhelmed, perhaps you've identified their trigger is, uh, you know, uh, poor diet or too much food in like a weekend you've had takeaways maybe too many treats or too much alcohol then work together to ensure that you eat a balanced diet now I'm not saying you know don't go out and drink don't go out and have fun but if you know that drinking the day after is always a bit of an issue then maybe be mindful of that keep that day as easy as possible without too many you know activities booked in um, so that you can have that quiet day to rest and recuperate Make going out for walks together a regular thing. Go out for date days where you can spend quality time together and keep that relationship alive. Keep those channels of communication open. You could suggest an early night. Now, I mean, not necessarily in that way, but you know, that can definitely ease anxiety and positively distract your mind and increase your feel-good hormones. But what I mean by that is more getting consistent sleep. So if you know that you can very easily sit up till late watching TV or the person in question is prone to sitting, scrolling on their phone for hours at a time, then maybe together you can be more conscious of that and suggest, you know, turning your lights off, putting on a guided meditation, that kind of thing. Assist with practical tasks. Now, let's just use anxiety for example here, it can make even the simple tasks in life feel overwhelming and mentally draining. We all live really fast-paced lives, so we often find ourselves juggling many balls at the same time. Feeling overwhelmed is just awful. Now, of course, you can ask if the person wants support and, you know, if you can help them. However, it can be then very easy for the person in question to just quickly reply, oh, it's okay, it's fine, don't worry. And I don't want to sound sexist, but particularly with women. So, you know, perhaps take control in a positive way make dinner, say I'm making dinner this evening, or put the washing on, although if you're going to do that, just make sure you <laughs> you pay attention and you know how the washing machine works, you separate the colours, you know, put a colour catcher sheet in and you don't put it on a three hour boil wash, you know, not that my husband's ever done that of course, <laughs> not looking a gift to us in the mouth, but yeah, if you're going to do the washing, make sure you know how your washing machine works, sort the laundry first, you don't want to end up getting in trouble for doing that wrong, but you get the point. Are there simple things that you can do that are going to help you help the person in question? Encourage professional support. So again, this needs to be done really tactfully. So like I said, it can be really hard work supporting somebody who is struggling mentally. It can test your patience. You know, that's not being unkind, it's true. But by directly telling somebody they need help, it can again sound really confrontational and aggressive. So reaffirm the points above, you are there for them, you understand, you care, but equally there are people out there who can offer support, you know, more 
you know, more complex support that can provide them with strategies to help them long term to deal with their feelings and, you know, live their lives more fully again, not being controlled by these anxious, overwhelming thoughts and feelings. So the really key thing here is it has to be done on the person in question's own timing. Healing work therapy is only ever going to work if the person in question is ready and wanting to take those next steps. And this can be really frustrating for the person who is supporting the other because you just want them to get help and you know them getting help is going to be hugely beneficial. You want them to feel better. You know, it's awful seeing somebody you love and care about, you know, not feeling the best version of themselves. And I have so many calls from well-meaning partners, parents, etc., um, you know, wanting to seek support for, you know, the person in their lives. And I hate saying it to them, but unless that person wants to work with me, unless they're truly ready to make those changes, it just simply won't work. But this is where, you know, as I said, all the points above come into play, creating that safe space for the person. But perhaps you can suggest other forms of, you know, support to them. So maybe like brain dumping specific podcasts. Um, If you are supporting somebody, but maybe you're not a regular listener of this podcast, I'd really recommend going back and listening to some of the previous episodes because I share lots of different coping strategies and techniques in those episodes. To conclude, it's important when supporting others to remember you are a priority too. We can listen, we can show empathy, encourage, we can withhold judgment, but ultimately we can't live our lives for others. You know, we can't make somebody else do something that they don't feel ready to do or want to do at this time. But what we can do is lead by example, prioritize your self-care, cultivate balance and healthy boundaries in your life. Because when we do this, then we positively model to others whilst ensuring that we are also creating balance and harmony in our lives too. Because when our needs are met, we have more resources for everybody else. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you found it useful. If you did, please share it with anybody else who you feel may find it useful too. And if you haven't, please could I ask you to leave a review. It really helps me to get the podcast out to even more people. So thank you for listening. I hope you have an amazing week and I will speak to you all again soon.